Namaste. I'm Mitesh, a communication and life coach. Namaste. This is Shakti. I'm a holistic healer and a spiritual teacher. We are the founders of Spiritual Alignment. And today, we are honored to share our new episode of the Spiritual Alignment Podcast, where we dive into everyday topics that are raw, real, and vulnerable. Our intention is to normalize everyday difficult experiences so that together, we step into deeper alignment within ourselves and with each other. Today, we are talking on the topic of everything always happens for a reason. In light of this recent shooting at the Rob Elementary School, we decided to dig deeper into this incident. We have been feeling a lot of heaviness in our heart, and it really came as a call of duty, a call of duty to really step forward and deepen our understanding of what is happening, share with you what perspective, new perspectives that we are finding uh, within ourselves and bring a neutral understanding of why this tragedy happened and what we can take away from it. And I want to just begin by saying that I'm not sure if everybody listening know us personally, but we are parents of two precious little kids, um, eight years, five years, and we are personally devastated. The day this news broke, I cried. I, you know, it took me just hours to process something so devastating because, because it can happen to any of us. It has been happening and something about this incident really brought me to this place of just deep emotions around it. I also want to say that this is a very sensitive topic. Our intention is to handle this with highest care as possible. At the same time, we are committed to our growth. Please know that this conversation is not going to be for everyone. You may feel very triggered as you hear our words, our ideas. Um, and it, if at any point our ideas feel overwhelming to you, please know that you can stop listening and walk away at any point. However, if you are wanting personal healing around whatever is stirred up, building inside of you around this topic, we invite you to hear us. We invite you to allow us to hold your hand and take you on this journey of deeper healing today. So let's start by just taking a glance. What are we noticing at that 20,000 foot view? What is happening? Let me just start by acknowledging that there is a lot of emotional response, a lot of emotional reactions. Um, there are a lot of strong emotions stirred up in the collective right now. And on the scale, on that emotional scale, anywhere from that place of, you know, feeling this devastation, feeling this pain, this grief around loss of 19 children, to feeling the anger, feeling the, the questions, feeling the rage, feeling this like call to take an action right now is really stirred up in a massive way. 
I am noticing that a lot of the collective, a lot of the people are in pain together. And you know how we, you know, pain also perpetuate more pain. We, we have taken on a lot of pain and, and we're processing at the body level. Some of us are able to feel all this so intensely in our bodies. And some of us are having a hard time accessing our emotions because the mind is blocking us in feeling the intensity because of fear of pain. So please know that wherever you are on this emotional scale, you are valid. Your emotions are valid. This is where we are all in this together. We are all processing the best we can. And your thoughts, your emotions are very valid. I also see that this event is bringing a lot of collective healing. Now, if you know anything about the path of healing, it, it really, all healing begins with a trigger. A lot of most healing actually come from pain, sadly, and that is how we grow on this planet. Um, and what I'm seeing is that there is this, is this question up in the air kind of finding our personal collective belief around freedom versus safety. Where is that balance in freedom versus safety? So if you notice in the last several centuries, we focused living life from our minds and we really build safer structures everywhere. Our minds have been churning and we have really been trying our best to solve for safety. Anywhere you go, you go to supermarket, you go to uh, take an air flight, you go to another country, you travel, um, you go for a very, any, any normal, any regular everyday experience, everything is loaded with this idea of safety. And Specifically to in this incident, we can talk about gun control. We can talk about safety procedures at school. But then what? Well, more loopholes will be exposed. You know safety is an endless pursuit. We create something and then the next thing we know it's broken and we find people, you know, breaking the system and we be aware of more loopholes. And who knows, there might be another tragedy that will challenge our structure again. And we rinse and repeat, finding ourselves again in square one, exactly where we are right now in this moment. Now we have a choice to make, either engage and play this endless mental game, or we commit to work on the deeper fear-based belief system stored in our mind. We truly believe that our mind, whatever the beliefs, the thoughts that sit in our mind create, constantly create our reality. Perhaps this is the call. We look into what sits in our mind. Perhaps we find new value system that we can construct our life around. Well, we know that safety is a state of mind. Well-being is a state of mind. And these virtues have to be cultivated within ourselves by training our mind to seek these feelings. Maybe we need a new vision for ourselves individually and collectively. And now this is the path of true healing. When we heal to this degree, tragic events like this won't have to repeat themselves. We truly believe that these kids... 
not only lost their life, but they really sacrificed so that we all wake up, so that we can all walk on this path of finding deeper healing within our hearts. And Matesh, I want to ask you, and I want to request you to lead us on this path of healing. What can we learn from this event? Yeah, thank you, Shakti. And as you talked about this 20,000-foot level, uh, for me, it was a very personal piece. And uh, there, there are principles that I live my life around. And one of those principles is, you know, everything happens for a reason. And when something like this happened, I mean, we've had many incidences like, like this, especially in the US, where you, mean, you name it as Sandy Hook or Columbine or whatever it might be, many of the schools that countless list that goes on. However, this one, what happened at Robb Elementary in, in Texas hit home differently for me uh, because it, it flashed in front of me this principle that I live by that everything happens for a reason. And it said, okay, Mitesh, what are you going to do about this one? You know, you, you see this death happen. You see this tragic happen. What are you going to do about this? What do you have to, to say about this? And honestly, it really challenged me. It made me look at a deeper level personally. And then as I started reflecting, I started to notice that this is not just my healing that needs to happen. This is a collective healing, as you talked about, Chakti. And there are elements. Uh, I mean, really, there are parts of us that haven't healed. So there's two things, right? There's parts of us that we really haven't healed, which this is bringing to light. And then there are second, the second part is that, you know, just having clarity around who we are as human beings, as, you know, functioning people in this reality that we live in on this planet. And another principle that I, I stand behind is that whatever we see in this world, when we look outside, everything that we see is a reflection back to us about our inner world. So when I think about, okay, this reflection back to my inner world and to our collective inner world, I look at this incident, I look at this, this tragic incident and, and ask myself, okay, so what is this reflecting back to me? And the answer that I received was, was shocking to me, really. And shocking, but at the same time, it didn't surprise me. And what this is, is that it's, this incident is reflecting back to us that really the kid or the, the child within us has really died. When we look at our own level of how kids show up in this world, you know, they show up with a sense of playfulness, with a sense of curiosity, with, you know, the ability to be resilient and, and, and carry a high vibration. And when any child dies, or when, when the, something like this happens, we have this internal reaction because 
not only are we trying to protect our kids in a physical sense, but we're also trying to protect that kid within us to not lose that sense of play, to not lose, to not die in that way where we lose our sense of curiosity, where we aren't resilient anymore and we, we don't carry that high vibration. And, and even just in terms of uh, this idea of this child dying within us, it, it's such a, a deep and innate kind of trigger for us that it, it creates a lot of uh, emotions and stress within us. Wow, Mitesh, that just blows my mind. Wow. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense why these so many incidents took place in the short amount of time within the last few years where kids have been impacted. And it makes sense. And, and it, they, they really sting in the heart. They really bring a lot of pain, all these tragic events. And it makes sense. What they're pointing to is our own hearts where the kids inside us, the the child inside us is dying, is trapped. And really that is what I was saying in the beginning too. We have been, we have become the prisoner of our own minds. We're being so obsessed with the idea of safety and these events keep happening, triggering the need of safety and keep bringing kids on the forefront. So thank you for touching on that. Yeah, I mean that, that is the biggest reflection that I'm seeing from an incident like this. And, you know, all these incidences that have happened are constantly ha are hammering at this point that, you know, there's a, there's a part of you that has died. There's a part of you that has died. There's a part of you that has died. And, but we don't know how to, to really answer that call. So we, like you said, go ahead and try to fix this by building structures of safety, by protecting this, these kids on the external sense, but also you know, protecting this child within us, there's this death that has happened within us. And, and that requires a healing. That requires a, a tremendous amount of, of growth on our part and, and uh, shifting some of the beliefs that we have about ourselves. And I mean, from what I heard, even in when, it, when we look at this shooter, Salvador Ramos, um, he was lonely. He was not accepted by, by those around him. And so it's also another reflection back to us where, you know, he's reflecting back to us the part of us that, that, that feels lonely, that doesn't feel accepted, that, you know, needs to do something dramatic, needs to do something, you know, extreme in order for us to feel like somebody's actually looking at us, that somebody's actually paying attention to us, that somebody's actually... Uh, you know, acknowledging us. And I mean, I, I can't say for sure what Salvador Ramos was feeling when he did this, but I can say for sure that there, there was a, a part of him that, that wasn't understood, that wasn't acknowledged, that wasn't appreciated, that he wasn't seen for, for who he was. And you know, felt like he had to do something. And I mean, think about us, just this, as I say this, that whatever happens on the outside is a reflection to our inner world. You know, how many times do we look at the world and feel lonely and feel like we are not acknowledged? And then we do, we go ahead and do something extreme. We go ahead and try to, you know, whatever it might be, whether it is 
you know, go skydiving or, you know, we find our own outlet. We, we find something that extreme that makes us feel alive, that makes us feel like knowledge, that makes us feel like somebody, like we can say, hey, look what I've done, look what I've did. And, and so that requires a lot of healing, both from, you know, what the child within us, as well as this part that, you know, on the flip side, from the shooter's perspective, is this loneliness, this feeling of that we haven't been accepted. And, you know, take it for what, what it's, it's worth. As I continued to dive into what this was reflecting back to us, uh, one thing intuitively just stood out for me is really the, the, the shooter's name, Salvador Ramos. And I have no idea. I mean, I'm not, I, I've studied Spanish, but when I looked at, something told me to look at his name, look at what he is, what that means. And so I looked up Salvador on, on Google Translate, and I looked it up, and I was like, Salvador means savior. And Ramos is an olive branch. And you know, in our common understanding of what an olive branch is, it's, a, it's something that we offer as a sign of peace. And so when we look at Salvador Ramos, all he ever wanted was peace, to find that peace within himself, to find that acceptance within himself. And for him, this symbol of just his name is reflecting back to us of what we really want for ourselves too. And, and really this is what I'm, I, I processed so far and just in, in this journey of looking at how this is reflecting back to, to me. Yeah, wow. Oh my gosh, I had no idea that you, you looked up his name and what it meant. Um, you know, I, Mitesh, I truly believe that there are no bad people we, I think we all have these moments when we are misguided, when we lose touch with our own heart, where we get so carried away with our own emotions, which I think is happening in the world right now too, where everybody is so taken away by their own emotions. And I feel my heart breaks for that kid too. You know, I don't see him as a bad person. But what I really, this mother's heart really wants to do is to just tell him that he is loved, that he is accepted, that he is part of our world. We need him in this world. And there is a place where we can all heal together, where we can all bring these parts of us, these very irrational, um, we all have these parts, these, you know, we all have these parts in the heat of moment when we lose our neutrality, where we lose our groundedness and we take actions, we say things that we don't mean to say, that we don't truly believe in, that we, that we know are not in our highest, best good, maybe there is a place where we could have met him in more understanding, more love, and more healing. Yes, and, and, and that's the... The key step here is that, you know, rather than looking at this event from a lens of, of fear, of feeling like a victim, 
is to see you know how we can really look at this from a, a lens of neutrality of love of you know really acceptance around what just happened and when we look at once again just this idea that everything happens for a reason one of the things i i see is that you know no death is an accident and when i say this what i mean by this is that everybody involved whether it's the kids the teachers the the parents the loved ones the shooter himself or or everybody within this human collective we have energetically agreed to this event and you might say well you know why would i agree to that what what's the purpose of you know having all this bloodshed happen and violence happen and uh, but remember what you know as Shakti you mentioned earlier said about you know it's a wake up call for us mm-hmm. to get out of our limited view of how we're looking at these things of of you know like you said we can build as many structures as we want around safety but there's going to be something else there's going to be something else. and it, as you can see it keeps happening it keeps happening so at this point where we are in this world what needs to happen next is to break free from some of these old structures these old beliefs that we have and one of the strong beliefs that we have is that you know life and death happens in this life and and then you know then we cease to exist and this is the great illusion of life and death is that you know what i remember what one of my the teachers that i like to 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 look at abraham hicks and she says that you know every death is a suicide and that's a lot to unpack right in that statement right there every death is a suicide so whether it was an actual suicide whether it was a natural death whether it was you know a homicide or somebody you know having an accident and falling and you know losing their life from the perspective of our eyes as we look and we just observe this yes it might look that like that in in a certain way that something happened but on an energetic level as we look into the deeper part of ourselves you know we are beyond this time space reality a teacher i follow bashar he says that you know physical reality is but a dream that is really being dreamt by our consciousness and in essence we are these infinite beings we are consciousness and in this lifetime i might identify myself as mitesh kapadia and i identify as that persona but that's not who i really am who i really am is that piece of consciousness and i mean i almost take it as like this you know we have consciousness and then we put on this like an actor persona to live this lifetime and then once we pass we we return back to that piece of consciousness that 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 greater part of us and so if we step back for a moment and see this incident from that perspective there are no victims there's no 
person who's right or wrong. There's no person who's evil, who's great. So when we look at this from a higher consciousness perspective, there was a reason. There was a reason and an agreement that these kids had, Salvador Ramos had, that we all had, to have this loss of life in this reality that we're witnessing so that it becomes a wake-up call for us to, to explore these deeper parts of us, to explore this healing that needs to happen within us, to really look at what are the beliefs that are bringing us down in this moment, what are the beliefs that we are hiding behind that are you know, really putting us in this endless circle of trying to be safe. And this agreement is strong. And I know, Shakti, you have some perspectives around this that, you know, when you look at intuitively about these, these children and, and energetically where they are now and what they're signaling to us, uh, share a little bit about what, what you're seeing. Yeah, before I answer that question, um, I just want to validate all that you said, Mitesh. I think one of the biggest issues, challenges, this is one of the serious challenges I see, is that we are so cut off from truth that somehow someone or this whole like thought process, belief system, you know, made this call on this planet that we shouldn't know the truth. And we don't know what is death. It's such a mystery. We don't know what real safety is. We don't know what love is. And we just spend this whole life in this endless pursuit on trying to feel safe, trying to find love, and trying to just really survive this overwhelm of emotions. And I think what you're pointing is there this disconnect that takes place in how a mind perceives a situation versus what really happens, right? The mind only has access to very limited information on the surface, what is playing out. However, kind of if you look at it more deeply, and I think that's what we're discussing today, that if you look at all of this more deeply, maybe intuitively, maybe feel into it, maybe trying to find these pearls of wisdom, you will see that this is all happening for us, for our highest growth, for our highest expansion. Even the kids, like I was saying before, the kids that passed away, I see them, you know, when I close my eyes, when I tap into my intuition, I see them holding hands with each other as if they really came here on the planet on a mission, that they really were trying to free us from these false illusions of safety, false illusions of death, and this like victim mentality that you know, something will happen and we have to just protect ourselves against something. And I see them on the other side, just playing, giggling and, you know, 
I mean, sad when I hear these more details around this event. I mean, I my heart fills with sadness um, around how each one passed away. They must have suffered. Some things may have happened. A lot of emotions may have come up from the kids. But intuitively, I see exactly the opposite. I saw that their transition was actually rather easier because they had each other. They all knew where they were going. They had so much support, angelic support around them to help them transition, to help them cross over. So, and the all this information is not visible to, to our eyes, you know? We are cut off from this information. And that is why one of our missions at Spiritual Alignment is to really help people open up that inner eye so that we can find our truth, we can find ways to grow, to connect with the truth, to really heal through any tragedies that may ever happen with the, in the world. And, and that being said, Mitesh, I do want to ask you, I know you have some thoughts around this. How do we really heal through this together? We spent so much time talking about the truth behind this. We, we address emotions and I, I'm so longing to, I'm so ready to hear how do we heal? What is the path of healing forward from here? Yeah, thank you, Shakti, for sharing this. And, you know, practically, if I look at this, you know, we, we can certainly take guns away, put stricter laws in place, and that will only solve part of the issue as, as like a Band-Aid solution. Um, you know, it reminds me of, you know, when I was a kid, I would have the task of, you know, at the home that I, I grew up in, of trimming the hedges. And every summer, they would get unruly, and I would trim them and make them look really nice, make them look really good, and be satisfied and be, feel content and saying, okay, yes, I trim them, and they look good, they look, you know, it's going to be great for our home. And then, you know, the, by the time spring rolls around, nine months later, it's back to that unruliness. And this is exactly what these types of solutions do is that, you know, we feel content, we'll feel satisfied in the moment, on the short term, that, you know, we did something with guns. And sure, maybe it, that's part of the process. Maybe there is some, some, something that we could do around that. But that's not the only solution. And that's why we're having this discussion today, is that there's more to this. And the first step, you know, the first step is finding a way to heal that, that inner child within us, within you, within all of us. And one of the ways to do this is, first of all, just notice that there is an inner prison that, that we have set ourselves in. And giving ourselves or giving yourself the permission to step into a level of curiosity, a step into you know, find that playfulness, that playful resilience within you. And even in the adversity that you face, you know, finding that resiliency, finding that childlike, where, you know, if a child falls down when it's learning to walk, it gets back up. It doesn't say, oh man, I fell down and, you know, um, you know I'll never walk again. It gets back up. And, and simply, you know, engaging in activities that keep our vibration at a high level. And this is what children do. And you might say, well, that's a, 
that's a, another way of like healing this, but really it is the way to heal. It is like, we can prevent so many of these incidences from happening if we all brought that child alive back in us. So, I mean, if you're into music, play more music. If you're into singing, sing at the top of your lungs. And, and you, know, you know, be playful. Even if your voice cracks, find amusement in that. You know, if you're riding your bike, figure out a steep hill that you want to go down. And, uh, you know, of course, you might tumble or whatever happens. But that resiliency, check for bleeding and then smile that you survived. You know, do what your inner child would love for you to do. And that's my, my big take-home message for you is that, you know, this has happened for a reason. This has happened to wake you up. This has happened to wake all of us up, to bring that inner child back within us. And this is what we need to do because with, with this, this is the healing. This is how you connect with your spirit. This is how you give yourself permission and for others to be alive as well. The moment you start adopting this and allowing yourself to have that child within you come alive and to be revived, you know, it gives permission for everybody else to do that as well. And what I'll say here is that, you know, even if 10% of the world, and I'll say a small, maybe even smaller, I'll even say like 2% of the world, make this a commitment to love themselves and to spread that energy and to really, you know, find that inner child within themselves, this world would drastically transform, and I would say within six months. The domino effect of something like this, where people really show themselves coming alive, show themselves that they are, you know, there's not a part of them that, that is dead, that that would be a, a game changer for, for all of us. And, and that's really the, the key. I mean, and then second part is really understanding yourself. You know, these types of tra tragedies are really, like I said, a wake-up call. And, you know, it's really to reform, to make these reforms and changes from within versus making those reforms and changes on the outside. You know, find that, you know, what are those beliefs, those perspectives that are weighing you down and replace them the, with the ones that leave you empowered. And that's where we want to, to leave you with today on how to go, you know, take yourself after this type of event. I love this message, Matesh. I think that is a very clear path of healing. And our individual work here in this tragedy, in this collective healing, our individual work is to really free the child in our hearts, is to really break all these safety mechanism, illusions around safety, uh, all this protection, this, this obsession that we have created about not falling, not getting hurt, avoiding pain, trying to be numb. We, we have to break free of this prison and really play because how much we can love is really dependent on how much we can play. Love and play goes hand in hand together. And, um, you know, that play, this freedom, this ability to be this child, vibrate in our innocence and really invite that love in our life, really be open to loving others. I think that is a domino effect that you're talking about and I am loving it. 
So thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today, Mitesh. I personally am walking away with a lot of healing. Um, and because I will tell you that I was an emotional mess uh, when this whole thing happened. And for everybody listening, I just want to say thank you for tuning into our podcast, the Spiritual Alignment Podcast. We trust that this very episode was useful to you in some way. And please share with us how today's conversation resonated with you. How do you connect with that inner child within you? What, in which ways are you committing to bringing healing in your own heart? And please do subscribe to our podcast, share it with your friends, family who may benefit from this information, and check out our work at spiritualalignment.com. And I say, let's not just be strangers, let's connect. Be a part of Spiritual Alignment Collective Group on Facebook so that we get to know you, we get to relate with you, we get to understand what is important to you, what resonates with you, and how we can support. So do join the Spiritual Alignment Collective uh, Facebook group. It is fully free, and we aspire to uh, really bring in new topics, new conversation to stir up all this personal growth, because together we rise, together we heal, together we grow and make this world a better place to live in.